Snow West Show from our mountain snowmobiling headquarters in Idaho for over 45 years. Here's your host, Ryan Harris. All right, what's up, everybody? Ryan Harris with Snow West Magazine and Snow West Podcast. As I've said over our previous episodes, you know, we still do the magazine. We still do everything that Snow West is known for. Um, but man, we do so much more. Uh, and the podcast is something new. Uh, we're four or five, six episodes in, and, the, and these things are going great. Like they're a lot of fun. We're getting a lot of good feedback, which is surprising. But man, people love talking about snowmobiles, so it's hard to screw that up, I guess. Right? right. Yes. So we're actually sitting in the Pure Adrenaline Moto trailer at the Idaho Snowmobile Show right now, and we've got Barry Pierce, who is the owner of Pure Adrenaline and yep. started Pure Adrenaline, started this thing from scratch. Mm-hmm. Probably one of those back of the napkin type stories. Kind of. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> we got Tyler Coles. Uh, you're on OnlyFans. Is that what we were talking about? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. We, were, we were saying something along okay, those lines. Okay. That's, yeah. that's where you're well known for? <laughs> yep. Dylan Boyce? Yep. Okay. So you guys are both Rimshaw racers. Yeah. How's that going? Really well. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, like what, what's really well? Like you're having fun or you're kicking butt? Ah. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun, that's for sure. Uh, we're we're making progress. We're we're both pretty new to the sport as far as racing goes, and so the the progress that we've made in the last few years has been exciting. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of room for growth, but yeah, it's exciting to to push and have results to to gauge where you're at. Yeah. So yeah. you're riding skidoos, right? I do. And then yep. you're riding Polaris's. Yep. So how, how's that working? You getting a little factory support? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Skidoo definitely helps out, and we've got good dealerships like Frank May that help out, and uh, definitely yeah, makes J- it easier. Jason here. Uh, yeah, Jason's a stud. Good dude. Yep. You don't have a Jason, though. I don't have a Jason. <laughs> no, but uh, Darren Gold, man, I mean, you can't beat him. He's he's all in. Okay, that's he's, like the trump card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Darren Gold, take yeah. that. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah. You racing, Barry? When are we getting no, you out there? No, no. Uh, everybody keeps on asking me to race, but... Just want to I be don't fair. have it, man. Like these guys, like I don't want to show them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you got you got to, now. You got to get them out there. Yeah, yeah. you got to really got to show them. All right, um, I want to hear the story. Of, well, first off, I want I was hoping Stetson would be here. Yeah, he's oh, about falling in the water. Again. Oh yeah, we were talking about that on the way up here. Yeah, were you? He was nervous and he ends up in the creek. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that story? Nah. So oh. We were we were going up. I don't know some little canyon in in. Idaho, yeah, and it was it was a really good snow and a good group headed out and Riley Kincaid, and we we crossed that creek like twenty times, yeah, and it just kept getting worse and rockier, and I don't know who was leading. Were you? Were you guys leading? No, I we're watched Stetson go on the yeah. I, I think the, it was Mason. Oh leading. yeah, you were back yeah. there with him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mason was back, and we we picked this one spot to cross, and it had this stone under the water that was just like you had to. You had to, like, teeter on it yep. sideways as you went across it, and Stetson just kind of inches into the water, just like... Well, he, hurt, he had hurt. to been staring at it the entire time. <laughs> yeah. There, it was the only thing to hit. Yeah. But but the weird thing is, five minutes before that, is everybody's like, okay, don't fall in the water, because we're <laughs> with Snow West here. I mean, we got... You can't make a fool of yourself. And, and yeah. we were... We were oh, he did. He you did could so see the though. truck from... Oh, yeah. His snowmobile submerged in the water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the wow. best part is we've got... Dave McClure has a video of Stetson pulling the rope, and it just waters just <laughs> spitting water out <laughs> yeah. of the cylinders. Yeah. And then where you can see the truck, and this is on the yeah. way up the mountain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not on not after the ride. No, yeah, first so he, of the day. Yeah, he laid it over pretty good, and he yeah. was wet. He was wet for the rest of the day. Yeah, he needed some pure adrenaline gear. Yeah, yeah he did. That's what yeah. he, he did. 
Yeah, that was, man, that was a fun ride. Dude, funny thing, you got, you were talking about that. We were just talking about it earlier. These guys, uh, you know, Dylan and Tyler and uh, Mason and a few other guys, we went up to Island Park and went out for a ride. And uh, was it early in the season? Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. It was just a little bit later than this. It was early. Was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we went up there and we were coming down this creek and I see everybody going off the side of the creek and just side hilling. And I look down in the middle. I'm like, why is no one going in the middle? I'm like, what the heck? And so I see everybody on the side. I'm like, hey, guys, how bad does it look in the creek? And they look at me like, oh, it's not that bad. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, why are you guys not going in there? I'm like, you know, I'm going to hit it. And they're like, well, maybe you shouldn't. I'm like, no, I'm going to hit it. Like, it's not a big deal. And I have not been snowmobiling as long as these guys. And for me, I know, I'm like, if it's crappy, you pin it and you go. I'm like, I got this. So I get ready to go. And they're like, oh, you just got to pin it. I pin it. And as I'm going, I'm hitting bump after bump, and I could just see the creek and water underneath it. Holes everywhere. So I just full pin it, and I get into the water. I get stuck, and I, I got thrown around like a rag doll. <laughs> so these guys are over here laughing like crazy. I'm like, okay, guys. I'm like, come get me. <laughs> yep. I'm stuck yeah, in the water. Like, you think this is yeah. funny? Now yeah. come out here. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that he's in the water, then now we got to rescue him. And that, it took us a little bit to get <laughs> oh, get did. that back out of there. Oh, I, I was... I wasn't pissed. I was laughing. I had a good time, and I thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the thing about snowmobiling, though. It doesn't matter what, like, like it. You, you, it's high consequence stuff, right? Right. And it's more fun the higher the consequence. Oh yeah. And nobody cares when everybody screws up. Uh huh. Everybody will come dig you out, pull you out of the water, and and they sent you into the middle on purpose. Oh, they, they knew did. what was like, going to happen. I, I swear they they saw it. They saw how crappy it was, and they like, you know what? Let's see if he does this. I don't think we didn't and think he was actually going to do it. No. 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 <laughs> did you have the phones out? Oh yeah. I uh. I don't know. I don't know if there was phones. Yeah. It, it was just it was just quick and fast, and it, I'm just like I just I hit it. Yeah. It, and for me, I'm like I'm not scared to do. It. I'm, I'll try, even though like I'm not even close to how good these guys are. I don't care if I suck. I'm gonna try it, and I did, and oh, I, I kind of failed at it, but <laughs> it was it was made, fun. Yeah, made a made for a good story. Yep. It did. It did. So you're riding cats, right? You're kind of a cat guy. I ride everything. Uh, besides skidoo, I haven't tried it yet. I tried to buy one, didn't work out. But uh, I got a couple Polaris's. I got Articat, and I I love my cat. What, what would yeah? So you love I, your cat? Would you call yourself a cat guy? <sighs> I like everything. Like, do we have do we have one of everybody at the table here? I think so. so I, yeah, I, you yeah. go riding with Barry, and I think I think he's more comfortable on a cat. Oh, yeah. You just watch him ride. He's yeah. he's a lot more comfortable. Yeah, on that it. was actually the first snowmobile I jumped on that actually felt like I could ride. Um, I tried Polaris, and I just felt like I had a tough time moving that thing around, and I jumped on the cat, the the hardcore. And I fell in love with that thing and just been riding it ever since. So I got a couple new players last year, um, rolled them. I really liked them and um, I got a few, uh, few boosts on, on the way. So we'll see how I like those, but I still got my cat. So, so you got a few boosts coming. Is that yeah. like, like, when peop, like when women order three pairs of the same size of shoe? I got to see which one they yeah, like. Yeah, I got five you coming. Got, you, got, five. you got five boosts <laughs> coming. Let's see which one just starts yeah. the easiest. And well, I'll keep figured, that one. I figured I wanted to. Uh, two for sure and i'm like well i'm like if i got extra i can have some for employees i have them for extra friends or i just sell them so yeah well you can flip a boost pretty good right now yeah. that's what i was hoping for <laughs> but you talk about shoes barry has more shoes than he does snowmobiles so <laughs> that's, that's for yeah, sure yeah I, I got hundreds and hundreds of shoes <laughs> yeah it's right. stupid you gotta, but I wear you gotta have hobbies yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so when you talk about the articat like that so that brings to me like as a i've been a test writer my whole life doing the magazine and What's the number one question we get? 
what's the best snowmobile out there? And there is not a best snowmobile out there. It's whatever one you click with. It's, it's the snowmobile that, that you feel the most comfortable on with. Correct, yeah. You know, and, and we can go out, and I don't even know if I would feel comfortable picking one snowmobile. We used to do a snowmobile of the year way back in the 90s and early 2000s, and we scrapped it for this very reason. Like, you can't, you can't say one snowmobile is the best snowmobile out there. Right. Like, my criteria is different than yours. Mm -hmm. You know, what you feel comfortable on is totally different, and it comes down to rider height, rider size, snow condition, a lot of factors. And mm -hmm. that's where you I know. thought your, what was it, two episodes ago, your podcast, where, where you talk about your sleds, and you say to fill a trailer full rather than pick one snowmobile. Hey, we're going we're gonna to take a four-place. What are you chucking in there? You yeah. know what I mean? They, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's like... It, it, and, and my snow team, you know, which, which is your buddy Brock Jenna, yeah. Bruce Curbs, Rhett Clark, Justin Stevens, our snow test team, you know, we, we bounce around on a lot of stuff. And the, the more you ride more stuff, the, uh, the less single sled bias you are. Right. You know, because you start to see, you know, everybody has their tendencies. Like, like mm. uh, say, I tend to lean towards Skidoo because I like the, the T-motion and I like, I like just that ease of initiation. And if you... If you're that guy, if you're that Skidoo guy that's just dedicated to that, and you get on a Polaris, you hate it. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Polaris guy and you get on a Skidoo, you hate it. Like, it takes, like, and it, you got to ride it longer than 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. You can't yeah. just hop on your buddy's sled out yeah. in the meadow yeah. and be like, yeah, I've never ride one of those. Ooh. It's a couple days. Yeah. Like, you have to adapt to that snowmobile right. before you can really give a really honest opinion yeah. on it. Tyler and I swapped for a... Uh, an hour or two yeah. last year and we were both like get get me off yeah it was it was one of those and a lot of people don't understand when you're when you're doing those filming days there is quite a bit of a downtime when they're getting the camera ready and whatnot and so dylan and i of course we're on different and we want to see what the other's all about you know and yeah we we swap for a little bit and i think both of us were the same i mean get me off of this thing i'm, I'm more comfortable on what what we're used to right yeah. so. overall we're just spoiled to be a part of the snowmobile community right now because there's not a bad sled out there right like right. you say there some do certain things better and and others click with certain brands better and yeah overall it's you're gonna have fun but if you right? if, if you two keep swapping sleds and you ride you stay longer on each other's sleds you'll pick up little things right like that sled will make you ride your own sled better yep right like you'll figure things out and be like man what if i tried that on mine yeah, yeah. it's it's funny how that works yeah so you started a snowmobile gear company when we already have 40. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you got a few top ones out there. And and just a few years ago, uh, me and my wife were sitting there just trying to figure out something else to do. Um, I've, I've been very, very big into the diesel industry for diesel trucks and, and sell a lot of diesel performance products worldwide. And, and we wanted to do something a little different. And this industry, snowmobile and motocross, we love it. That's just what we do. And we were kind of just talking, just BSing with each other. Hey, maybe we should try something. So we just, we had a thought and I'm like, okay, you know, me doing some business, I wanted to figure out uh, what else could we do in this industry? What could we do different? And so we started talking, uh, the first year we really started thinking about doing it, we started talking to all the riders. So we, we have a lot of friends at Rimshaw the hill climb race and that are pros, professionals. So we started going around and started talking to, um, to all the riders and asking them what they liked about their gear company, what they disliked about their gear company. And we, we saw just a trend of a few things. And I'm like, okay, uh, maybe there's something we could do. 
because like if, if I see the same trend of every single company out there, I know I can do this stuff better. And you know, the number one couple of things that we, we figured out was warranty. Warranty is the number one complaint with everybody. And then the other complaint was, well, people, these manufacturers are not listening to us. They're not listening to the riders. We're making these suggestions and these guys just don't care. I'm like, well, how do you build product if you don't listen to them? So we just started talking more, started talking more, kind of seeing what they really wanted to do. And, and I started looking for manufacturers, really just green at this, not really know what I'm doing. Um, talked to a few guys, uh, uh, other manufacturers, uh, like uh, Brad Ball, who started Motorfist. I talked to him about when he started Motorfist, and he kind of gave me a little bit of a coming to Jesus when I wanted to start this company. And very knowledgeable, um, very good guy in the industry, too, and, and gave me some good pointers. Uh, luckily, I partnered up with a company out of Russia at the time. <laughs> so when, when was this? How long ago was this? So a little over two years ago. And All this I, in I, two I, years? I had to give Brock crap when you guys were talking about my company um, doing this over two years or three years. I'm like, this is my second year doing this. So we're, we're jumping in it head first and as big as we can go. So yeah, just we started at, this is our second year doing this. But it's a unique approach because most companies would come in and just, just build on, like we, you and I were talking about this earlier, yeah. come in and build on like one product or one small product line. But mm -hmm. you've, you're sponsoring probably 100 AMA amateurs. Oh, yeah. And you know even pros. Like, yeah, supercross like drivers. Supercross yeah. guys. You've, you've jumped into the snow market with an entire line. You have everything. Yeah, Barry not, doesn't not dabble. Not just like one suit. Yeah, yeah he, he, won't, he won't dabble in it. He, he goes all in. So two years in and you have all this. Oh, yeah. Well, for me, you know, my experience is, is if you want to build a product line, what makes them great? Well, they've got to have every option that there is. And we don't have every option, but we have a pretty big lineup, um, especially jumping into it for our second year. And for me, it's really creating something different, creating a different vibe, but also creating product for riders and what they love about the product itself. So what, I got to ask, what happened with the Russia thing? So for me, you know, I built a really good relationship with this company out of Russia, which is Dragonfly. Um, became really good friends with them and actually talked about really merging the company. And we, we kind of did that right at the beginning. And they helped us build some product and design products. I didn't have a designer at the time. And so we, we got together, we did it. Um, and at the beginning of the year, we, we had a whole new concept of changes and designs that we wanted to do for this coming up season. And in the meantime, I hired on a designer that actually has a lot of experience in design products for other companies, and he's very excellent at what he does. But as soon as we had the designs done and we sent over the new designs to uh, our Russian company, the war happened. And it put a stop to everything. And what was really crappy for us because I sent them a lot of money to design product or to build a product line for this coming up season. And I didn't know what to do. So for me, I always tried to find solutions for things. And luckily, I had a few relationships uh, in, in China and in Pakistan. And, and so I started reaching out to them. And, and then coming to find out, like, we tried to get some product in from Russia because they already had some of it built. And we got it in, we got charged 75% uh, uh, tax on it, and which killed us. And luckily we tried just a small batch, 
And after that, I'm like, we can't do this. this like, I'm out all that money. So we just had to move on. And it just sucks because we have good friends over there that has nothing to do with the war and this crap happened. So it, just, it sucked. But luckily, we have some good other partners and we built a whole new lineup with them, design products, prototype. I mean, we built so many prototypes before we actually had our lineup this year. So, so did you have to start over, basically? Yeah, we did. It, like, it's, so it you're was, one year into this. Yeah, so it, it, was, it was actually a good thing because it gave us enough time to look at the features and the tech packs that we actually really wanted to build. So it gave us a little bit of time, but also it's a lot of stress just really doing this because we don't have a huge team to do this. We have a few of us guys to design it, to test it. I mean, again, we're, we're a small company, man. I'm not owned by a corporation. I'm forking out all my hard-earned money that I've done myself. So like, I didn't have a family that had a lot of money. Like my parents, when I grew up, we were broke. I mean, my, my dad, he worked at Albertsons. My mom worked at Arco as a photo, like a photo company out of Rexburg. And we had seven kids in my family. So we grew up with nine people in my family. And man, we, we were broke. We had nothing. So I've just, I've learned just to be able to, to hustle, to work hard, to build something out of nothing. And I know like when we had to start over again this year because of the, the war, it, it kind of just shows like, man, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to put on the work to, to do whatever we can to make this company work. And like, I'm putting everything on the line for this. And I want this thing to be my last thing. I want this to be, this is it. And the funny thing is when we started this last what are you, what year. Are you, 65 years old, you retiring? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, not even close. Uh, I just turned, actually, I'm going to be turning 42 in February. So I'm still kind of young, but old. <laughs> yeah, you'll come up with yeah. something else. <laughs> But, yeah. uh, dude, it's, it's definitely been a process, and I, I love doing it. So, but for me, I've had people come out to me, and like, oh, there's going to be someone coming out and buying your company. I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't care what they offer. I'm never selling this company. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Well, I, yeah, I see that. I see that all the time. Like, yeah. there's just a lot of chatter of this company starting up, not necessarily pure adrenaline, yeah. but just companies starting up, and then it, kind of the joke is like, oh, when's Polaris buying them out? Yep. Or when is, you know, they're coming up with somebody else, just because there's been so many big acquisitions between mm -hmm. Timber Sled, Climb, Polaris, Arctic Cat, Motor Fist, and then the gear line, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I can see from the outside looking in, a lot of people might think, oh, he's just building a company so he can sell it. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, this is what I want. I love doing this. Like, hanging out with the riders. We go to a lot of events and a lot of shows. We all hang out. We all stay in the same VRBO. Uh, we were at Heydays. We had three different homes. We took everybody there. How many riders did we have? It was a it was a party. Yeah. Everyone was there. I mean, there yeah. was probably ten, 10 riders. Ten riders and then all the staff. Everybody yeah. employ, yeah, pretty much. Brandon Tinser. We had Luke Rainey. Uh, Caden Rainey showed up. Uh, uh, Tyler and I. Uh, Braden Dickey oh, showed up. Little Dickey. <laughs> Tanner Thomas showed up. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there was a good, we, a good group. Yeah, we had all the employees and stuff. Like, it was awesome because, like, for us, like, we all hang out. We all hang out and just, we all act like a family. We all make fun of each other. Yeah. Um, we, we have a good time. So, it's just, you know, for what we're growing from, from last year from nothing to this, like, I'm excited about it. 
No, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, it, it's an awesome story. Here I'm talking with my hands. You know, Barry and yeah. I are over here like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you two are over there just like, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a great story. You know, there, there's a handful of stories similar to that. People mm-hmm. starting with nothing, similar backgrounds, timber sled. You know, mm-hmm. Alan Mangum built a dynasty with that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and just a, a terrific story there. It, it, because you wouldn't get a big corporation from the outside coming into the snowmill industry and being like, yeah, we're going to dump all our money in there. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's such a small pie, but it you so you have to be very passionate. About gonna, that's sport. what I was gonna say. I, th- I think you have to have that passion to to drive and to push that. And and I mean, anybody that's watching this or hearing this can clearly tell that Barry's got that. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, from your standpoint, is like a like this gear company owner. Yeah. When you look at at athletes and sponsored riders and and racers, what do you look at in that? So, I, I honestly would really like to, you know, point out the guys here. You got Dylan and Tyler. Um, and that, that was when we first started this, you know, Braden, he's in charge of all of our sponsorships uh, for all of our riders. And we really wanted to pick out what kind of riders do we want to represent our company. And basically, we just want good, honest people that when they're testing our products, they're going out and they're representing our company that they're very professional, they're very friendly. Uh, we don't want arrogant people uh, riding for us. We don't want people thinking that they're the best of the best and what I don't care about you guys is we want a family-oriented person to be riding for our company. And I feel like every person that we um, have riding for us is, is as a person, they're, they're top-notch, man. Like these guys, they, they do everything for us. And, and when we first met these guys, you know, Tyler and Dylan, it was at Heydays at two years ago. Yeah. Uh, when we first, our first show, our first event we went to, um, for me, like, I, I thought it was great because when we showed up, man, we had everybody asking us, like, who the crap are you guys? You showed up in your, in your semi, you show up in this. Like, you guys, you're looking huge and you came for nothing. Mm-hmm. And, like, who are you? We had every manufacturer that was there, that was a rep for the manufacturers were checking us out. And which is a good report to me. Uh, we were making some waves and then these guys, I don't know what they're talking about during the event, but on the way home, we saw them at the airport. In the airport, yeah. yep. And they, you guys can tell the story. I yeah, don't yeah. It was, it, it's quite the story. I mean, yeah, we went to Heydays and like we were saying how Barry goes all in on what he does. Yep. Pure adrenaline showed up with a bang, right? And so everyone was talking about them, and Tyler and I were like, well, we knew, we knew they were local. They'd been to some Rimshaw races. We'd seen them around, and we just, Tyler and I started talking and brainstorming. Like, it'd be pretty cool to, to get in with a, a solid company yeah, from the get-go and uh, kind of help in the process and, and give some feedback and and be a part of it from day one right not that we were there from from day one though we were there fairly early um and just in talking with barry they you could tell there was big dreams and, and a big vision right it, you could tell right away that it wasn't like we're in this for the short term to sell out right you could tell it wasn't it wasn't that it was we're we're in this to to be the best that we can and you could tell they were in it for the long haul, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So Tyler and I approached them, and uh, yeah, we we I mean we we could see them throughout the. I mean, I think that's what Saturday, yeah, Saturday show. We seen what they were doing, everything like that, and 
Uh, we flew out Sunday morning and ran into you, Tiffany, and Braden right? at the airport. Um, and kind of just, just approached them and was like, hey, I mean, you guys, you guys are what we want to work with. I mean, looking at what you're doing, looking at pretty much making a partnership or mm -hmm. being part of the family. It was pretty funny. We, Tyler and I were like a couple little schoolgirls. <laughs> Did we go <laughs> the talk to him? We were, we were at the hotel just like talking about breaking up with our ex-girlfriend and, <laughs> and like, what, should we, should we reach out to Pure Adrenaline and what's, what's our risk and what's our reward? And, yep. and, uh, I mean, we stayed up late that night just talking about it. Cause I mean, for us, we wanted to do something that we could take seriously and, and not be wishy-washy right um, we don't want to be those guys that were jumping from ship to ship just to see if something stuck we wanted to be a part of something and I, I think for for me that was the biggest reason is I wanted to be a part of something that that meant something yeah uh, to me and and to a company there's been a lot of cool deals happening yeah. Sunday after heydays in the airport yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty, there's a lot of funny stories yeah out there about I'm that, sure <laughs> but yeah you were you were talking about like how quickly you just popped up out of nowhere mm -hmm. with like this semi and this full gear line like i was like did i miss that yeah was mm -hmm. i snow biking too much the last yeah. two years like where did these guys come <laughs> from but yeah you just you popped up out of nowhere mm -hmm. but you didn't you didn't just come out like with this soft launch like oh, here's a jacket you guys interested you think this is cool okay okay we'll do another one but man it was just like boom here we are yeah, yeah. everything everything yeah <laughs> That's that's cool, man. And everybody keeps on telling me I need to slow down, I need to stop. Like, hey, Barry, you're, you're doing too much right now. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I already see the future it's of this company. because we're scared for you. I know, right? <laughs> like, for me, it's like, if if I'm doing this, I have to do it. And I'm not going to go on to say, hey, here's here's a glove. You guys buy my glove. Let's hope it goes somewhere. I mean, if you're going to do something, you might as well just do it. I mean, you put everything on the line. And if you risk everything, it means more to you. And I think you put a lot more effort because if it's just an idea and you barely just, here, let's see if this works a little bit. And if it works a little bit, then let's work a little bit more. It just takes too long to get you where you want to be. And if you're going to do it, man, you better put everything into it. And if you don't, it's going to fail. I well, guarantee it's going to fail. We've, we've seen companies that came in with that approach. Just yeah. a little bit. A glove here and a jacket there and, yeah. and really slow. And almost slow, so slow that you're like, look, man, you've got, you've got two products. And if people buy those two products, they still have to go to somewhere else and get the rest of it. Correct. Like, yeah. what, what's your game plan here? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, so from my, my vantage point in the industry, looking at you guys, I would imagine this is a very different deal than just being having a gear deal. Oh, yeah. For racing and backcountry riding? Yeah, like for sure. You're probably involved with feedback and R&D, kind of like what we talked about. Like, what's that like? It's been really cool to be involved on a personal level. That, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Pure Adrenaline has been awesome, incredible to, to take some of the viewpoints that we've had as, as riders out there pushing and abusing the gear. I mean, we've made some suggestions that that they've hopped on like that, yeah. right? Things like like that, what? Give me a couple, if you can. So just small things like how a, a hand gaiter fits and, mm -hmm. and how tight cuffs are and the type of zipper. That's That was one that we noticed right off the bat as mm -hmm. we wanted to change the type of zipper that we had because cert, certain, certain ones were and icing the, and up. And the buttons. And, the buttons were just, just depending on, I mean, we're out there testing it and writing it, and right. some buttons were just 
not really working in the cold and then uh, we did the boot thing where it'll attach yep. to the boot and hold your leg down. Mm -hmm. Just little things that, I mean, us as riders that we don't really think about, but then if it's not there, you notice it. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, these guys listen and yeah. they hop right on it. Yeah, we had these guys actually come over to our, our warehouse there in Rigby and, mm -hmm. and had the product there. And they're just talking through the whole entire product. Like, this is what I like. This is what I, this is what this product needs. Right. And like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, let's let's work on designing that. And and our designer Joe, we, we sat down with him. Like, yeah, we can easily do this. We can do that. Um, it needs to be this stitching. This is what we need to do. And it's been really good for the feedback. And the cool thing is, is we listen to our riders, but also we listen to our customers too. So if our customers have any suggestions that we believe that's going to work in our lineup, then we immediately make that change. And that's a cool thing with us. Like this come up season and once we start making some new products and we have some good suggestions are coming back to us and cool, we'll make that change. We'll make that change. We're not going to wait five years down the road. Right. We're, we're going to do it for the next season. Yeah. So how quick can you make that change? Like if you're going zippers and boot gaiters and something, how it, it honestly takes about a year. Right. So like if you're doing it, you got to make sure you're on top of it. Like any manufacturing for this, I've learned a lot, man. Like it just, when we jumped into it, I had no idea the crap I was doing. And, I've been learning very, very quickly, like for right now, when you're designing products, you have to know at least three to two years in advance of exactly what you're building. And for us, we've been doing it the year of, and it's it's been really tough for students, but right now I think we got a very good, strong lineup. And the changes that we want to do for the next coming up stuff, we already have a few ideas what we want to do, other colorways we want to do. So we're, we're starting to get caught up with ourselves. Mm. So have you designed, have you like put that time in to design something and have this idea and then it just totally sucks and just, uh, it, it didn't yeah, necessarily we, go to production, yeah. but it's so like, just like something you're already If you're doing that, you come up with a design, you build a prototype. I mean, you're talking probably about a month and a half. Like if you have a good manufacturer that can really take your design, an idea and, and actually build a product for you, it takes them about a week or two to build a product. And then you have to air freight it back over to you. Once you get it here, then you take a look at it. Oh, this is not going to work. Because like even on our moto gear. So we were going to come up with a new Thrill Series this past year. And we had some good graphics put together. Man, it looks so good on that computer. And we got it done. We got it, it built. We got it in. And like, dude, this is not going to work. <laughs> and luckily, like, we weren't in a rush for that product. So we decided not to do it. And we had to come up with a whole new design. So, like, we were excited because we were getting ready to release this. We are talking to all of our motor riders. Like, yeah, we got this new line coming out. We're excited. It's very vibrant. It's bright. It's, it's loud. But as soon as we got it, like, nope, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we started talking to some of the riders. And, like, yeah, we really didn't like it too much. I'm like, man, I'm like, didn't tell us. Yeah. If you don't like it, I'm like, I don't want to make it. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have a, another guy. Um, uh, Austin's helping us to do some graphing stuff for our um, our uh, moto line, and his uncle's uh, Kevin Wyndham, and and he's coming up with some really Wait, good what? ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's his nephew, man. Like he's he's actually designing some of the the moto line for us, and coming up with some really good ideas. And like, heck yeah, let's do this. So he we actually brought him on as as a rider, uh, Austin. Uh, I don't know. Well, you have to talk to Braden. I don't know what his last name is, but uh, he's handled all that. Nephew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which is awesome. And um, dude, the stuff he's coming up with is amazing. So, we actually took some of his designs. We're building some new moto product in the United States too, so which is great. So, we're keeping the 
Um, the manufacturing here close, and I would love to take the whole entire line here and keep it here, but time will tell if we're actually going to do that or not. But we have a new motor line. We've got design. We're building some product here. And, and so this come up spring, we'll have a whole new line designed by him. Yeah, that's cool. So, that's cool. No, it's, it's awesome. Like, a lot of people that we're meeting, um, a lot of people that we're finding out who's in the industry. And for me, like, everybody makes fun of me because I'm kind of like, I don't know who that person is. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> this person's huge. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of learning for me. So well, I got to get That's probably team. a good thing, though. Like, like not, not have like, everybody in the sled industry has a bit of an ego. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, we all do. I do. I mean, yeah. all, like, snowmobile narcissists. Like, yeah. just everybody, every one of us. But to come into the industry and just not know and just so not, like, want to constantly try to elevate and be in that game. So you're just, like, focused on, okay, this is all I'm doing. Well, the funny thing is with Brock, I mean, me and Brock, we grew up together. Like, we, we met in middle school. We went to junior high together. We went to high school. We graduated together. And the last that I knew, he worked for Articat. And he was a sales rep for Articat. I'm like, cool, right on. And then he quit and started his own business. And then we were talking, and he told me he was a national sales rep for, for Motorfist. I'm like, I had no idea. I had no idea he used to do that. And, you know, for us, like, for me, like, focusing on my other businesses and stuff, so we didn't talk a whole lot until I got into this business. And then um, I reached out to him, and he's helping me make a few decisions for, for my company and helping us out. So it's, it's crazy that now I'm like, oh, all right, these guys actually used to do this stuff. So it's, it's been great. Oh, and the network aspect is just huge. Like, you, you guys started the Elevated Riders, right? Yeah. And... Maybe the elevator riders isn't like what it isn't like the big thing that grew into the what's made you popular, but right. but it is what made you. Yeah, it, it got you to where you're at. Oh yeah, yeah. You know it, it and it just creates this network that a right. lot of people don't really value. Right. You know, and, and everybody wants to be like, okay, Chris Brandt, how do I how do I do what you're doing right now? Mm-hmm. How how do I start this season and be what you are? Right. And it, we were talking about that at eight days. And it's just like people just don't realize like how much you've got to put into it, and right. the time, and the years, and the networking, and the relationships, and being in the right place at the right time. And and it it does take years. For I mean, even like from a business standpoint, whether you're growing your own personal brand or whether you're growing a, a company's brand, it's as aggressive as you are. It, it's not an overnight thing, hmm. right? And it it takes consistency. And I think that's. Probably most people's downfall is consistency, whether it's in business or relationship, trying to grow your own personal brand. Um, it, it takes some determination and hard work to keep at it. But I also think like it, it can evolve too. I mean, I mean, you just got to jump in and start something. Like, like you said, we, we started Elevator Riders. It may not be, I mean, I, I still think we're a part of it. It is who we are, you know, but... Um, I also think Dylan has a Dylan Boyce brand. I have a Tyler Coles brand. You know, like, but we're still elevated. You can start here and you can evolve into whatever you're trying to be. You just you just got to start it. Right. Yeah. There's that saying, the best time to plant a tree was yesterday. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Second best time is now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just like, like Barry wanting to get involved in the business. It's If you want have something you want to do, just start. Do something, and it's going to evolve into. Yeah. So, have you guys? Do you guys have some feedback on the gear that you haven't told him yet? Like, this is a great time. <laughs> Come <laughs> just, on, lay it in, a, lay it in. Ba- bash Barry. Bash it. Yeah, let's bash go. it. <laughs> uh, we're pretty open with him. I mean, I mean, as far as I think we got a couple text threads with a couple different people. Yeah. We, I mean, they send out 
hey, what do you think of these colors? What do you think of these designs? And I, I mean, I feel we're we're very open with them of, of what we like, what we don't like, what we hope to see. And that's kind of like we said, I mean, there was the gear has performed well mm-hmm. for us. There's some small design things that we gave feedback on that has been addressed. So we're excited to get the new yeah. updated gear on the snow and yeah. put it through the ringer. Especially this new stuff. I think I think it does have pretty much everything that we recommended and, and wanted to try. And um, I think what you said, it'll be here in about two weeks. I know we're okay. going to go test this this stuff Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm stoked. It's going to be awesome. Ready to tear it up. So how, <laughs> how is the racing going? Like, I, I, I raced Rimshaw in 2000. Did, oh, I didn't did, know that. Did most of yeah, the circuit with, with Rasmussen. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, we built a project sled. It was nice. an Arctic cap. And raced. And then before that, I did snowcross. I did like oh, four, cool. four years of snowcross. Uh-huh. And total, total sight. Total sight. It just popped in my head. Yeah. Total side note. Like the highlight of my snowmobile existence was 1997. In the spring, we're doing our Snow West Deep Powder Challenge with all the dealerships coming up in the spring and uh-huh. testing all the snowmobiles. Max Maxidon is up there, and I'm the test rider, so I'm I'm jumping from Skidoo to Polaris to Arctic Cat to Yamaha, and running through our gated course, course. that we have, and we're timing that. And I come back up, and Max is like, "You want to ride next year?" <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I won't be here. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, so that that was. I always look back at that moment. Um, but then I went and raced in 2000. I'm like, man, you spend four days for about three and a half minutes of seat time. Yeah. Yes. If oh, you for qualify. sure. And about That's a thousand bucks. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 If you qualify. It's, like, yeah. It, it's a commitment. That's yeah. for sure. It's it's just rough. Yeah. yeah. Rimshaw's a funny thing. I've I've retired and come back three times, <laughs> and I've raced for four years. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, he would retire Sunday and be yeah. be uh, uh, back Monday. My, yeah. And it goes back to the persistence thing, right? My my first year racing, we raced what 2018, and I got up early one morning to drive to the Pinedale race because. I didn't want to go the night before and leave yeah. my wife. So. Yeah. Well, you had work till like six, oh, so right. it was. I mean, yeah, you'd have been so late. So, anyways, but. I got up at three thirty in the morning, drove to Pinedale, didn't qualify for a single class, and retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was the first of my retirements. Yeah. And then, uh, I, but it's been the persistence thing. Is is. I taste a little bit of progression, and I, I'm so driven in everything in my life, and better. Just I get hungry and want to want to be better in, in anything. Yeah. And uh, over the, these few years, it's slowly progressed. Um, and, and last year, the the highlight of my year was uh, taking a top ten in Jackson in the 600 mod class. Right. So that was that was something that when I started Rimshaw, I, I always thought it would be awesome to get a chance to climb Jackson, right? And we've always talked about climbing Jackson. Yeah. And uh, so just the, the push and, and placing there, as soon as, as soon as that race was done, I, I couldn't wait to try again next year, right? And uh, it, it's, been, it's been the push and the, the progression that's, that's been so fun. Yeah, and, and to build Dylan up, I mean, I mean, that is in pro class. I mean, you start Rimshaw, you're either, I mean, if you're young, you can start in juniors, amateurs, whatever, but uh, we jumped right into semi-pro um, and then yeah. progressed into the pro class. So I think a big thing with the Rimshaw is everybody's like, oh, I just want to go win. 
just just take a top three in pro. And and yes, I get that's the ultimate goal. I get that. But for and Dylan and I have had this conversation. As far as where we go to see the progression in ourselves of what we did last year and what we can accomplish this year is is what motivates me. Right. Really drives me. Like a lot of these kids have been racing from the time they were 14 years old, mm -hmm. right? They mm -hmm. they worked up through juniors to amateurs to semi-pro to pro. And there's a there's a local group of us, me, Tyler, uh, Mason Rutledge, that have only been racing a handful of years, three, or this will be four, four. year four for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's been ex it's been exciting to progress and, and see where it can go. But it, it does get it can get discouraging when you when you look at these guys that have been doing it for 20 years and and see where we, where we're at versus where they're at and uh, try to bridge that gap right but yeah. seat time and determination it, it's funny because it it looks doesn't look easy but it looks easy yeah right. oh yeah oh yeah you, you go to you go to a race you go to jackson you're sitting there it's on the, you know behind the snow fence right yeah. i can do that yeah egos right yeah yeah, yeah. 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 egos <laughs> uh -huh. but what you don't realize with hill climbing and with with rimshaw circuit like you show up at the race and you haven't slept in five days yeah no. <laughs> like you've been working on your sled till four in the morning right you, you're so dead tired from like trying to practice and get everything and you're stressed out because you still have a job yeah and you're, you're you know you leave your wife or she comes with you to watch and you got just everything going on before you even climb the hill yep. yes and and people just don't ever factor that in and so right you guys that are on the hill and racing and climbing and to get a top 10 at jackson like that is so yeah. big like yeah. that's a big deal because you have to overcome so much more than just starting at the start line and going up that right a, a lot of it is the mental and and i i think what what people don't see is i mean you're getting anywhere from a minute to two minute run right um, what people don't see is the perfection in that minute to two minute run, because I mean, your top, what would you say? Top seven, most of the time, I mean, you got to cut them a little bit of slack. Some, some people are really, really fast, you know, anyways, uh, they're going to be within, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be within two seconds. I mean, I mean, there's been times from first to fifth is within the same second. So, right. so to be perfect for that two minutes and that that's what's crazy about rimshaw you get one shot at a hill and it's it's different the very next time you're on right mm -hmm. between every throughout the day at the beginning of the day versus the middle of the day versus the end of the day it's three different courses right so you you never run the same course granted the gates stay the same but the obstacles change throughout the day yeah i feel like that's what makes rimshaw so diff difficult is that it's it's never the same course at the beginning of the day it's the snow is usually sugary or icy yep. at the end of the year. And then towards the middle of the day, you start wearing a groove in, starts getting bumpy. And by the end of the day, by the time mods are running, it's just how how smoothly can you navigate the bomb holes and, and get to the top of the hill? It, it has it has very little to do with snowmobiling. No. Like like very, like you're, you're, t you're anywhere from... Well, in the in the rut, you're yes, on right. snow. You're yeah, just on right. frozen dirt. Yeah. And if if you saw our Bear Lake races, they were. I mean, rocks. We could probably climb better with the dirt bikes. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean, just going back to Barry with with what Rimshaw brings and and the sport, Barry recognizes how important it is, and the riders there, and the what and I, what you were title sponsor this year, weren't you? I mean, yeah, he recognized was, how how big it was and how important. And yeah. So what, what, us, what what do you see in that? So for me, I kind of look at it as. You know, Rimshaw and all these riders that are out there that are racing it, man, I'm like, Rimshaw helped create you guys' 
basically positions in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like, Rimshaw has the best of the best riders out there. Like, this is crazy. I'm like, why, why isn't there anybody else as a gear line helping out this series? Because these guys help build those companies. And like, for me, I'm like, man, I'm like, I, I know these guys can help me. So what I did is I took it upon myself to help these guys. And the funny thing is, I actually uh, got put on the board too this past season uh, to kind of help them out. So is is for me as as a gear company man. I look at Rimshaw as a huge asset. So like for me, like I, w- I want to make sure that Rimshaw is here for quite a while because if it is, and, and if I'm here to help him, it's going to help me out eventually. So it just, I mean, you look at it, you have every top rider in the world racing this series, my man. I I think that's cool. Well, you li- so, so take take like the dirt bike industry, right? Yeah. So on a local level, mm-hmm. you've got tracks mm-hmm. and you've got you know weekend races and tuesday night races and wednesday night practice nights and you've got enduros and hair scrambles and and you know enduro cross and motocross and then you get into the pro ranks and you've got all sorts of different branches in western snowmobiling we don't have snow cross anymore nope. no you just have hill right. yep. yep just so yeah you, it's very unique it's unique in motorsports where you just get the best of the best competing in one thing right i wish that Rimshaw would just pare down the classes so everybody was racing everybody right. in a class. Like, that'd be cool. I mean, it, 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 yeah. in a way, it'd always suck, right? But, yeah. but, in, but in a way, it'd be cool, or at least have one class where all, right. all of the pros, everybody that entered, mm-hmm. runs in on that. this class. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's what they're trying to accomplish with the premier class, in that they take the top 10, top 10. Mm-hmm. from stock, top, top 10 from improved, and top 10 from mod, and race them against each other. Mm-hmm. But Rimshaw's a, a sleeping giant. It has so much potential that I think everyone that's on the board and everyone that's that's leading Rimshaw right now sees that and is trying yeah. to help it get there. Yeah. Um, it's It's got a lot of potential. It's got potential. Oh, yeah. it's it's got every, everything in the world goes against it, though. Right. Like weather. Yes. How many how many motorsports are weather dependent? Yeah. You know, and... and yeah, if know, it doesn't art, snow, and, then you're hosed. Yeah. 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 And you're racing on dirt. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, we used to race late, well, probably not December, but early January. We don't even yeah. race till mid-February now. Right. Yeah. This year they did they did change some things up. So we are, I mean, our first race is what, last week of February? Yeah. Or last or week of January. January. Yeah. So yeah. I think they're seeing that. I think they're they're realizing it is weather dependent and, and making the changes, which. Well, you just got to commit to good heels. Yeah. It, right. It'd be fantastic. And we, we talked about this with Keith and Andy and Jay and Blaine. Yep. At Heydays be cool if you could do a series at, at jackson yeah yeah like a triple crowny yes. right just have two events and then have the actual world championship oakland be the third event right yeah. that would be cool uh, yeah i think i think someday you'll see some cool events like that mm-hmm. maybe not this year or next but i think someday you will see some yeah we're working on rimshaw's working on getting better venues right now and mm-hmm. we've got like the california race that's going to be a really cool event mm-hmm and we're going to Cody, Wyoming this year, which is new and going to be fun. So we added Granby, Colorado last year, and that was a really fun event. I mean, so there, yeah, yeah there's been changes that have been good. It, yeah. It's been a, it's been a Utah, Wyoming, Montana. Right. Yep. Yes. A long time. Yep. Yeah. And a, the, branching out. Bran- branching out of Star Valley. They, they yeah. went down to Mount, was it Mount Shasta or Mount Rose? Like way back, way back. Oh. There were rimshot races down there. Cool. Mm-hmm. But so you you were saying Moto similarities between moto and snowmobile racing oh yeah it's it's so different just because uh 
Um, if, you, if you really look at it, there's such a wide span of riders for moto. I mean, you have the endurance, you have enduro, you have uh, hill climbing too, and then you have supercross and you have arena cross. There's so many different areas that you can actually choose riders from. And with snow, you have to get the backcountry guys and then hill climbing, and there's just a few other guys. I mean, just the span of people is so much bigger in in moto than it is with snow. So, so what what segment sells gear? Like, if you're spawn if if you're sponsoring a backcountry guy, I mean, y'all are everybody. Yeah. But backcountry riding or rimshot racing or moto gear, like what what category are influencers? Really Doing selling the best. product. Yeah. So one thing that we really noticed with, let's say, with the moto side, uh, Supercross has done really well for us. Um, but what we have noticed just in the past uh, month or two is uh, um, influencers. Influencers help sell moto gear. It's so crazy. Uh, we just picked up a few guys. Um, Jason Goodson, he's a pretty funny dude on, on TikTok. And, and we use him. And, dude, man, this guy's helped us sell a lot of moto gear. Uh, with with snow, it's kind of just snow is kind of just even across the board. You have your backcountry guys and you have your rimshot guys. Everybody talks it up. Everybody lo- like. I think once you build a good relationship with these riders, they're really about going and promoting and pushing your brand. So as long as you have a good relationship with them too, it really helps you. And on the motor side, they're just. A moto, you, we're like one in a million other manufacturers out there or brands out there. With snow, there's a lot less. So it's it's they're two so completely different industries. It's crazy. I was going to ask you, have you ever counted like how many moto gear in- companies there are? Oh, I don't want to. There's so many. There's <laughs> like over 30. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, there's more. There's so many more like small people just try to start so many different companies um, in the moto side. and. And it's, it's definitely a lot harder industry to jump into. Uh, I think with snow, as long as you build a good product and you have good riders out there promoting your product too, you have a better chance. Um, we definitely do a lot more in the snow side than we do our moto so far. So do you, do you see the moto like growing and overtaking snow or? Well, there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more clientele out there to buy moto by far because uh, there's a lot more motocross riders out there than there is actually snowmobiling. Um, so I would say eventually, yes. Yeah. So where do, what are you guys' plans as far as uh, the next couple of years? Are you going to push harder into the rimshaw or do more backcountry or just keep doing what you're doing? I think for me it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was saying, after having got a top 10 at Jackson last year, it made me really hungry to to do to push rimshaw a little bit harder. Um, so with some of my my work things this year, I've I've structured it to where I'll be able to ride more and work less, mm-hmm. which is which is the goal. Um, so in saying that, it, it's going to be pushing more backcountry, which le- is fun, right? That's what got us here in the first place. It's just yeah. something we love, um, and then along with that, just bettering myself. So so backcountry riding, and this is for you two, Tyler and Dylan, like. <laughs> Backcountry riding has evolved in the last five years, even to right. the point where, where it, it went from the big mountains like you were high marking, you were trying to outclimb everybody and do sh- big shoots like thunderstruck stuff. Right, and then it kind of that's 
that stayed a little segment, but then everybody's like, no, let's just go into the nastiest shithole trees yeah. that we can find. Yep. You know, Rob, Rob Kincaid style. And yeah. Go have high consequence, very difficult riding style. Yeah. But then all you young kids realized it sucks filming in there for Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so now we just go find, let's go find an open hillside and just yeah. do all just these, just all see these how many cool loops you can do. And, yeah. Yep. yeah. Where's it going to go? Like what, where do we go? <laughs> we were just we, talking about this. Yep. The right up here. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the funny part. I mean, what right now people, I mean, let's be honest, people want views, right? That That's what people are shooting for. And I think that's, that's what you get with the views is you get those the loop-de-loops, the air outs, the re-entries, the hopovers. I mean, right. So I think the progression of those, as far as where we want to go, I mean, everybody wants to perfect that. But I but think crashes, crashes is right. really, really big on views. Yeah, so you yeah. guys yeah. can just smash your sleds right into a rock <laughs> or a mountain. I think it'd be great. Yeah, yeah. don't get hurt. There's only so many re-entries that that you can do before it turns into freestyle, right? Yeah. So for me, I, I think that it's always going to, there's a difference between someone that's able to do a re-entry and, and someone that can get from point A to point B smoothly and navigate terrain. There's a big difference between those types of riders. I, but it's I, hard to film that. It is. That's yes. the problem. We're, we're, our sport, backcountry mountain riding, has been altered by Instagram. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, big like, time. Like, yeah, very Be big time. Because, I mean, Instagram shows you what what you're doing right here but i mean is the co consequence down here low or high i mean to check a, a re-entry on just an open hill and and nothing below you whether if you're in the tight trees and check a re-entry i mean the consequence right. of that and instagram just doesn't show that right yeah. and it it's hard to show yes the consequence right and even you get the keyboard heroes or like you'll post a, a gopro video of dicing through some trees and Everyone, you just, you can't ever tell uh, on the videos, but yeah. it's, it's easy to see like, oh, that was a really clean re-entry. Oh, that was a really clean bow tie or a really clean hop over. Right. But it'll be interesting to see where, where it goes, where it goes. Cause mm -hmm. it, I mean, we've been with people that according to Instagram, they were incredible writers, right? Got all the likes, all the views. And then you go try and navigate some technical terrain with them and are nowhere to be found yeah. and it's just but then then funny. on the other hand you also go with people that have zero instagram presence right. and you're like where is this guy from right like he is amazing right and and so i just it it'll be interesting where it goes so cody monroe comes to mind like yep. when you say stuff like that yep i mean he's all on instagram obviously yeah. but the dude is just he, he's unbelievable such a talented yeah yeah technical writer right and it just comes from where he rides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, he's like, I don't care about that. So. Yeah. yeah. And just kills it out there. Right. Yep. But where, what is something that you want, that you can like envision yourself doing on a snowmobile? Because half the crap you guys are doing, I'm like, where'd you come up with that? <laughs> but what, what is the next thing, little maneuver that you're going to do? Like a quick turn or something you're going to do in the mountains that's, that's a, a useful maneuver, not a backflip or anything. Yeah. I think, I think for me... Uh, well, I think Sane is the only one I've seen, Sane Skinner, I think he's the only one I've seen do it, but it's more like an aired out re-entry, but you're going the full 360 and landing and being able to go without getting stuck. He, I think he's the only one I've seen that's successfully done that. So you're going to do it next? Aren't yeah. You? Oh, definitely. Next. Definitely. Yeah. All in Mr. Mr. All yeah. in over here. Yeah. Oh, on the Arctic Cat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about yeah. you? What, are you? what are you thinking? 
What's your next move? Man, I'm just lucky to get up the mountain. That's the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I've thought about like a downhill U-turn re-entry back downhill. Not that that's anything incredible, but we'll try it. Yeah. I, right. You never right know where the sport's going. Hopovers are way harder than left-handed hopovers. <laughs> that try, that's try. a good point. Yeah. yeah. If you if you watch on Instagram. Everyone always goes to the left, whether it's a re-entry or, or a hop over. So that's something I want to try and get better at this year is mm -hmm. working the right on side. that right side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pay attention. You'll see it on Instagram now. Everyone right. goes to the left. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, all those maneuvers it's are, are, are favor the left. All, right. the, all the really gnarly yeah. side healing lines are all, they all favor the left yep. side and everything. Yep. But, yeah, it, it is so hard to get content in that gnarly technical stuff and gopros are useless because it, it just looks like you're on flat ground and yeah then you get people i remember we did a photo shoot with jared sessions i can't remember which sled he was on is one of our project sleds like a 2011 rmk that we did a boondocker turbo on uh-huh and man we we went up into bedford up in your backyard yeah like literally probably behind your house yeah like way way back up in there in willow and hiked into this gnarly section of trees and I left my sled there, and I just had Jared, like, just keep coming at me. I'm like, I'm going to shoot something that shows where we ride. Because everything else, you always wind up just going out and shooting. And it just, you can't tell if you're in a meadow right. or if you're on something that's like a 50-degree aspect. Yep. And so we, we got this awesome tree, gnarly stuff, but it's so much work to get in there. Yeah. And this was before Instagram, too. This is before social media. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just funny to watch that evolution. It is, and and you guys, you guys are young. You're in your thirties. Twenty six. Dude, they're they're young. You're yeah. really young. I know. Yeah. And I'm. I feel like an old guy for saying <laughs> really young. Like I didn't think I'd ever get to that point. Hey, you're really yeah. young. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this is this is what's coming for you in a couple of years. You're going to be like, who's this kid? <laughs> Who does he think he is? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you're going to go out and try to do what you saw him do. And you're like, that's hard. I can't do yeah. that. I might hurt. My knees hurt. Mm -hmm. And and I think, like, to your point with the GoPro, it's it's hard because you do get those those keyboard heroes that, I mean, if you watch, you watch Brant's videos, and then I like to read the comments just because I find amusement of what people like to say and think that way. But uh, Brant is just hauling butt through the trees, right? Mm -hmm. And... I mean, every 10th comment, there's somebody that's like, this video sped up, this video sped up. And, and he's like, come find out. It's not. Like, yep. he's, he's just, and, and so to perfect that would be, I mean, I guess I don't know if there's a perfection in that, but to get better at that, to, to be that confident. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people under the age of 35 appreciate how good of a rider Barant is. Yeah. You know, because they don't realize where he came from. Yep. Right. All big the Air sled neck stuff he did. Yeah, yep. all the big air shows, the yep. grassroots stuff. Yep. How he got that name yep. and just the iconic things that he did to get to the point where he has back, Brant's backcountry adventures. Right. He's building cool sleds and just riding right yep. out his back door. But the even even now, just to go down and ride with him, like like you say, he does stuff that you think you can do, but he does it fast. Right. Yep. And he's and moving. Clean. Yes. Yeah. And he can go in there and haul ass into the trees and and it'll pinch off on him yep. yeah. and without even letting off he just flips it around and he's coming out the other way and you're like i can't even do that yeah. in a meadow what <laughs> yep. did you do yep but the the skill yeah. the skill level there is just phenomenal and yeah. i think that's what just keeps bringing everybody here like everybody at the show everybody in this industry back every winter mm -hmm. because if you look at it 
if you, you're spending so much money on a snowmobile, on a gear, on a truck, on a trailer, or a sled deck, a place to ride, every aspect of snowmobiling is getting extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. And with a year like last year, you're not riding as much as you want to. Right. But it comes, you come back to it every year. Yeah. It's addicting. Like, yeah. It really is. It, it's a group of people that will, like the snowmobile will be the last thing to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll lose the house. They'll lose the car. Oh, yeah. yeah. But but the, the brand new, they'll have five boosts yeah. on order. <laughs> we, we were talking about that on the way up here. I said, I said you know what? I don't need a nice new trailer. I'm just going to get a Ford Ranger, stick it in the back, like, and yeah. have my brand new snowmobile. <laughs> yep. I, I can drive a $1,000 uh, Ford Ranger and, a, right. and have the boost in the back. I, uh, you know. It's like uh, when Dave McClure would always <laughs> had his... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not a single stock part on a supercharger at Cats hauling around in a 98 Tacoma <laughs> with a flatbed. It's like the price of the snowmobile outweighs the truck by three times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please. He had his priority straight. Yeah. Not yeah. that that was his only vehicle. but. <laughs> but. So what do you want to do with the industry? Like, you're, you're coming out with gear, but do you have a piece that you're like, I'm going to change the sport with this? Uh, for me, I, I do want to change the, the sport. I, I honestly want to feel... I want to make the riders feel like they're part of the industry. Like they're creating something, they're doing something to make the industry better. So uh, that's really what I want to do. Like I want people excited about it again. I want to make this industry great again. <laughs> <laughs> may, may I, yeah, I can't put that one. Yeah, MAGA. <laughs> make snowmobiling great again. Yes. That doesn't work either. No. <laughs> so what, what, what is the industry missing? As far as what pure adrenaline can bring. I think the biggest thing is the excitement, man. Uh, everybody thinks, like, when we first jumped into it, everybody's like, man, it just, everybody looks the same. It's just kind of blah. And with us coming in, man, we're, we're making some noise. We're bringing out some bright colors. Uh, we're bringing in some different uh, gear that people are looking for. So they, they, they want to change, man. Everybody's getting excited about the new product. They're getting excited about the new name, the new brand that's in town. Uh, we're the hot little girl. So we're the hot girl that everybody wants to come and check out. <laughs> that's, yep. a good way, that's a good way to put it. Oh, the grass man. may not always be greener, but in this instant, it is over here. Yeah. So, so what, what's your favorite thing about Pure Adrenaline? Like you've, you've ridden for other companies. You've uh-huh. worn, you uh, snowmobiled your whole life. You've ridden yeah. in other stuff up until two years ago. Yeah. What, what do you like? I would say, I mean, last year, that, that 3L we rode in, I mean, the, the lightweight of it. Like, I mean... I get super hot when I ride. I, I don't know. I just, I mean, I'm a, I wear just one layer underneath and then the suit and the 3L was just super light. It breathed really, really well. And then I, I love the bright colors. I'm a, I, I mean, black, I mean, it looks good, but I, I personally like the bright colors and, and so that's what they bring. They bring the light and the bright colors. So from not the gear standpoint, my favorite thing about pure drone is that Barry, our leader, reaches for the stars, right? Yeah. And so I like the idea that there will always be progression. Where we're at now isn't where we're going to be next year. Mm-hmm. And next year isn't where we're going to be the year after. Um, the gear is good, but we can always be better, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we're never going to be perfect. No company out there, I, I don't care who it is, you're not perfect and you're not the best. There's always something you can do better. And for us, like... I'm never going to be the best, but I always want to be better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, I know we, we can always progress. I know we can always make changes and I'm always going to do it. So I'm never going to stop, man. Like everybody knows, like I'm never boring 
our companies that we're a part of, um, we're never boring. We're always exciting. We always like to make changes, man. I'm like, if, if I can make other companies upset at us, that's what I want to do, man. Like, I, I love it. I, I thrive off it. And Barry will so, listen. He'll listen. I mean, if, if somebody's like, hey, this is what this needs, I mean, Barry's the one to do it. We he do will. everything we can to do it. Yep. You want to change the sport? Here's an idea for you. <laughs> Get rid of the stupid gap between my helmet and the back of my coat so that nothing can fall nothing down there. Nothing can go there. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take the wind on my neck, and I'll take open cuffs, but you get rid of crap going down my back when I hit a branch, Yeah, I'll be happy. Okay, we'll, we'll think of something. Yeah. Uh, I'll lay that out with Joe and say, hey, can we design something for that? You, you know, like the gator that's in there that wears around your wrist? You need that just on the turtle upper. Turtleneck. Yeah, turtleneck. <laughs> you, you know. You know turtleneck. No, not a turtle. I'm not talking to turtleneck. Don't <laughs> <laughs> go back to the 80s that far. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, no, there's, there's, there's just there's room to. It's like snowmobiles. Mm -hmm. You look at what we have now. You look at what we have five years ago, and you're like, this is not going to get better. Right. How can it? Yeah. How can it get better? Mm -hmm. And then you fast forward five years, and we have factory turbos, and we have this lightweight you know, 9R, and we have yep. all this cool stuff, and some some an expert and all this. Right. And you're just like, how does it get better now? And it's just going to get, you know it's going to get so much better. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's got to be that same way with gear, too. Oh, yeah. You can always make it better. There's so many different changes. Like, even for us, for just being into it our second year, how many things we're doing that no one else is doing? Like, for me, I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Why is no one else doing this? And we got some uh, utility patterns that we're working on, the gear that we designed for this year, too, which is great. Uh, and we're just, I'm just excited just what else we're going to do. So I'm excited for the new products for next year. We already have ideas that we want to do. The next following year, like, I just always want to progress. I always want to do something different. And the funny thing is, like, you just talking about that little guard, I already have an idea what we can do. <laughs> so I'm going to see if we can make it work. But it's just, it's stuff that, I always want to be different. I always want to be exciting. I always want to do something new. And I guarantee we'll do it. You got any uh, secrets coming down the pike you want to tell us? No. <laughs> you guys already know. <laughs> you know everything so far. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll wait for later. We'll talk about the new line uh, we're adding to the men for next season. Uh, we, we did have a little bit of a sneak peek at Heydays, and I decided to pull that off. We're not going to show that off anymore. Uh, but we got some pretty cool... Uh, uh, memory we're going to be using for, yeah. for this next coming up season. Cool. So, and it's, it's makes me excited about it, but yep. our riders will have some of it, uh, this year for, for testing, for, uh, uh, photographer and stuff for the next following season. But yeah, they'll, they'll have some of the gear on, but, uh, I, and one more thing, cause I'm just throwing out ideas left and right yeah. here, you know, maybe I should go start my own gear company. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you've got to build, and I know you have a great line. You've got to build the women's line. Oh, we kill it. As you do, but oh, you, yeah. you've got to continue that development. Like, it oh, can't yeah. be like, yeah, we develop it here and then it comes out in the women's line two or three years later. Because yeah. that is the segment of snowmobiling that's going to boom the next mm -hmm. ten, five, ten years. Well, see, and that's one thing that we're doing. We're, right now, this year, we have a huge focus on women's gear because, like, not everybody else does. Everybody else builds, they call it unisex. It's a men's size gear line, mm -hmm. and you put pink on it. And you call that women's? That's not women's. Oh, please so, do not just put pink. Yeah, my wife My wife will walk in from the Snow West booth and say, stop putting pink stop, on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> for us, but, like, we have a women's cut. It's designed for women. If a man goes and tries to put on their gear, they're going to look funny. So that's one thing with my wife. She wants gear to fit a woman, and she wants it to look good. She wants it to look sharp. And she always wants to make changes. So, yep. I mean, with her, like, we're never going to stop 
changing and making it look good. It just for me, I'm always excited. Like I'm out there promoting all the women's gear because the stuff that we designed, and because like no one else is doing it. It's and I guarantee any person that puts on our monosuits that it will fit better and it will flex better than anybody else in this industry. And I will guarantee it. How long's your warranty? We were talking uh, about that. Lifetime earlier. warranty. <laughs> we call it the no bullshit warranty. <laughs> and that's one thing that we really want to put across to everybody. Um, we've had, like last year, I had a guy put his uh, knee through one of the running boards. Uh, running boards are sharp, man. It tears up just about anything. And the funny thing is they called up acting like they're all kind of pissed off and just trying to get it warrantied. Like, I understand, like, for me, like, the more mad you are at a manufacturer, maybe they'll bend the rules and they'll warranty something for you even though you abused it. But for us, you don't have to worry about that, man. Like, if you abused it and ruined it, I don't care. I'm going to take care of you. Because I look at it like not everybody can afford to keep buying monosuits and replacing it. Like, dude, like, a $1,000 monosuit, $800 monosuit, it's a lot of money for a lot of people. Like, that's half their paycheck. And for them to damage it and not have a company back it up, it's hard for them to go make that money again and go buy it again. So I took it upon myself. I'm like, dude, let's take care of these guys. Let's take care of this customer. So if they have that issue and let's just say they abused it and they put a hole through it, they call us up. Cool, we're going to take care of you. So we're going to send out a brand new product to you. We're not going to argue with you. We're not going to have you wait a month. We're not going to have you cut the gear in half. As you sent us a picture of what you did do, cool. We'll take that into consideration. Here's a brand new product. So it's just taking care of the customer, man. That's all it's about. I experienced that firsthand last year. I had a, a small defect in one of my monosuits, and I took it in, and a few days, no questions asked. It was fixed and had it back. Mm -hmm. So... I think customer service goes a long ways. You can have a great product and and bad customer service, and you'll sell a product once and never again, right? Yeah. It's so important. I, I think that, that that average that Pure Adrenaline puts on the customer is what makes the difference. Well, people are throwing down a lot of money in this, like we, right. like we talked about. Like, yeah. yep. like, it's not a cheap sport. This no. isn't golf. You know? It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's insane, the, the amount of money that... that that the average snowmobiler will spend in a season. And then if he's, if he's trying to keep in a new snowmobile every other year, right. you know, that's just incredible because the, the, the price, you know, the depreciation and everything, you're, you're constantly, I mean, I bet half the people out in this show have financing yeah. for about 50 grand on a yeah. four-year-old snowmobile mm -hmm. because they keep flipping into yeah. a new one. Yep. But if you, you know, the average customer comes in and ruins a suit like you're talking about on a running board and you don't warranty that, like his retaliation is oh, to go mad. buy it from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause for me, I, I've, I have experienced that myself. Um, I, I've, I've used other companies' products out there before we started this line. And even though I can go buy multiple monosuits and just have it for myself, not everybody can do that. And for me, we're like, okay, I'm like, the day I had it, I put it on within two hours, the thread started coming apart. I know crap happens. Not a big deal. Cool. Let's just get it warrantied. Uh, I hit up the company and I did not get responded back for over a month. And I had to hit him back up multiple times. Okay. I'm like, I need to get this thing warrantied. And he's like, well, take a picture of it, send it to us. Cool. I did it uh, multiple times. And then finally they came back. Okay. Cut it in half and send us another picture of being cut in half. We'll warranty it. And I looked at him like, are you kidding me? I'm like, 
even though I can go buy my own, I can buy multiple pieces, that pissed me off. I'm like, I'm, I don't want my company doing this because how I felt, that's how everybody else is going to feel. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to feel that with our company. So to me, it's like, we're not done with that. Like, all we want is you send us a picture of what happened. Cool. We're shipping out a new product. You're not adding any money. So if you can't guarantee your product, you shouldn't be in the business. Well, so if you get to a point where you can clearly tell somebody's like abusing that. Oh, yeah. Well, then, then what do you do? That, that's, that's one thing. Like, if, if we have someone that's clearly just like abusing the system, we'll take that case by case. But again, to where if, if they're really just beating the crap out of this, maybe we'll just upgrade and give them into something else. But that's going to be a case by case. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, well, I appreciate you guys' time. You know, we've, yeah, we've spent, you. we spent a lot of time talking, yeah. like, textiles and yeah. threads and cool stuff, but it's, it's just fun to get together and have yeah. these conversations about the sport. It is. Like, it is the coolest sport in the world. It is. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, there's nothing else that compares. You know, and you, you, you talk about, like, kids that play ball sports, and ball sports are great because yeah. you can do that for the rest of your life to a degree. But, man, you get into a power sport like snowmobiling. And it's just, it is a lifestyle. Yeah. Like it, it replaces Consuming. everything else. Yeah. This is so fun. But, all right. Barry Pierce, Tyler Coles, Dylan, great having you guys on here. Yeah. Fun talking to you. It was awesome. Fun talking racing. Let's yeah. do it again sometime soon. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Thank guys. You. Thanks for listening. And thank you to our show sponsors. Can't get enough sledding content? Subscribe to Snow West Magazine at snowwest.com and get seven issues from September through March. Try our awesome new vertical digital format or get magazines mailed to your door. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for the latest sled reviews, interviews, and more.